Like I said, that in the prayer, if you want to go on and stick your bookmark there, we'll be in the book of Jeremiah for the next several weeks on Sunday morning and Wednesday nights as well. Be looking this morning at faithful to the mission chosen by God for a purpose. Faithful to the mission chosen by God for a purpose. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I invite you to stand with me if you're able on a reading of God's word. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who went Anath, and the land of Benjamin, whose word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah. And in the thirteenth year of his reign, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem. In the fifth month, and may God add blessing, read him his word, you may be seated. Take a quick break for a moment. A special prayer request I want to start off with this morning, if, if that's all right with y'all. I really, really want y'all to pray for snow. <laughs> it's breaking my heart. El Paso, Texas on Wednesday had five inches of snow. It snowed in Juarez, Mexico. (laughs) But the little area in North Carolina can't get jack. (laughs) And of course, I lead off that because, you know, over the, the billions and billions of snowflakes that have ever fallen on the face of this earth, you know, scientists say that, that each and every one of them is unique. No two have, have ever been alike. I don't know if that's a pretty cool occupation, I guess, going around looking at snowflakes, but anyway. <laughs> As a lifelong cattleman, it blows my mind even more to know that the scientists say that no two Holsteins have ever had the same print. All unique. Few of y'all look like convicts, may not be, but some of you got the look anyway. But if you have been fingerprinted, you know that they fingerprint you. Jay's confessing, okay? <laughs> Let me know if there's a reward. I'll turn you in. <laughs> but if you've ever been fingerprinted, you know that they do that because no two fingerprints are alike. They're all unique. Now, let's make it a little more personal. You may not like snow, heathen. You may not like cow unless it's covered in, in steak sauce. No, you may never have been arrested. But you realize that no two children of God are exactly alike. No two Christians are alike. We're all unique in God's eyes and in his service. We all have different gifts. We all have different abilities. We have all different talents. We all have different functions. We're all unique in God's eyes. Some of you are a little more unique than others. But we're all unique individuals. And each and every one of us has been specifically chosen by God for his service. And ultimately, that's all inspiring. That is awe-inspiring to know that God desires to work with fallen men and women, sinful men and women, and to work through our lives. As we go through this series on the book of Jeremiah, I want you to not just remember that on the Sundays or the Wednesdays as we go through this, but remember it every day that God has chosen you for a unique service to him. You have a specific task to accomplish for God that only you can do. But we've got to make ourselves available. 
we got to open that door where we got to say, God, I, I want you to work through me. God, I want you to use me. And we also have to deal with sin that's in our life. Because sin ultimately will stop God from, or prohibit God from being able to, to use us, to be able to accomplish things through us. But ultimately, God does want to use through us, work through us if we'll make ourselves available. You know, many people tend to shy away from the Old Testament. You know, a lot of times, even in the, in the church, you know, people will, will not see the relevance of the Old Testament prophets. Many people will see the prophets like Jeremiah that we're looking at and Isaiah as men who, who simply predicted the future that God gave them there. Yes, you know, God did from time to time give them a, a message about the future, about what was coming up in the days to come. But, you know, sometimes their message was about the, the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah probably has some of the, the most famous Old Testament prophecies about the, the coming of the, the suffering servant. But some prophecies, some prophecies were about what was going to happen if God's people didn't repent. And that's what we see in the situation of Jeremiah here. You know, God gave him some difficult messages. He, gave them, he, he laid upon his heart in a, in a difficult time to bring these messages that either they were going to turn or they were going to burn. Either they were going to turn back to God or they were going to suffer the consequences for their sins. You know, the prophets of, of the Old Testament were more of, of, of preachers in their day. It's, it, there's some overlapping, but a general rule of, of thumb is that the priest brought the, the word, the, the, the written word, primarily at this time would have been the law of Moses and told them what the scripture said. But a prophet was somebody that God had spoken directly to and said, here's the message that I want you to take to the people. Like I say, you know, sometimes there's a little overlap in there, but primarily the prophets brought a, fresh brought a fresh message from God, and it was their responsibility to speak for the Lord. As you go through the prophets, you know, you'll see some that, that preached on the same issues we deal with today. But as we go through life, you know, change is inevitable. Most of the time, it's a, it's a slow process. It happens indiscreetly, and nobody ever notices it. I mean, for example, the, the decline of morals and values in our society. You know, it didn't just happen overnight, but it's been declining for, for decades and, and continues to get worse. But sometimes change happens rapid, rapidly and catastrophically. And that's what we see in the days that leading up to the prophecy of, of prophesying of Jeremiah, but throughout his ministry as well. At the end of the 7th century and the beginning of the 6th century B.C., you know, the world between the, the Persian Gulf and the Nile River changed forever. For 50 years, the Assyrian Empire brutalized this region. And after 50 years, the region was conquered by the, the Babylonians and wiped out the, the Assyrian Empire and completely vanished into history. And all this war, all this turmoil, all this conflict, all this changing from one government to the other had a major impact on God's people in Judah. King Josiah had led Judah back to worshiping God. If you read in previous times before Jeremiah, there was a lot of idol worship that had been introduced into, into Israel. Some of, it, some of the idols had even been brought into God's temple itself. But King Josiah brought the, the law of Moses back to the nation. He brought the nation back to worshiping God, and he was a, a good and godly king. But he died in battle when Assyria was taking over Judah. At that point, Judah becomes a, a state of Egypt. Egypt. Babylon comes in and defeats Assyria and lays waste to Jerusalem. Homes destroyed. The wall around the city destroyed. Businesses destroyed. The temple is laid in nothing but a pile of rubble. 
And the Jews that survived were forced into exile in Babylon. And this is the time period that Jeremiah is prophesying. This is the time period that God has, has laid upon his heart to go and to speak to my people, preach my message to, to my people. And God has specifically chosen Jeremiah to bring these, these messages. You know, other, message, other prophets wouldn't have been able to bring this message. He's not the only prophet at this time. There, there are four, four or five other prophets in Judah at this period that are also testifying for God and bringing a fresh word for, for him. But no other prophet could have fulfilled the calling that God had on Jeremiah. He had a unique calling in his life that only could be fulfilled. Oh, it was, it was a tough one. It was a tough calling that God had put there on his life. It was tough there as, 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 as God is, is speaking to Jeremiah because he, at times he, he faced opposition. At times he felt like he stood alone. Only God was with him. But the same can be said if we're going to be faithful to God. If we're going to be faithful to what God has laid upon our heart, if we're going to be faithful to the, to the direction that God has leads us in, at times there's going to be opposition that we're going to face. There's times that, that it's going to be difficult. There's times that we're going to feel like that we're, we're standing alone. But hopefully as we go through this series, we can see the life of Jeremiah and the faithfulness that he had in fulfilling the call that God had on his life. First thing I want to look at this morning is we each have a unique assignment. We each have a unique assignment. The first four words there in verse number one, the words of Jeremiah. God has called Jeremiah to be a prophet. He was called to proclaim God's word. God laid upon his heart, called him as a youth and said, look, I want you to speak for me before the nation. He's calling him to, to explain to the people what God was saying and what God was expecting of them. Because ultimately, Jeremiah, if he was not faithful to his call, the people wouldn't know what God wanted. If Jeremiah wasn't faithful to, to what God had laid upon his heart, the people were going to wander around in sin. They were going to wander around in circles. They weren't going to have any idea what God wanted them to do. So Jeremiah had to be faithful to what God wanted him to do. Jeremiah, no doubt, wishes that he had a, a different calling on his life. Jeremiah comes as God speaks to him interrupts his day and tells him what he wants to do, wants him to accomplish for him. Jeremiah didn't want any part of it. He started offering excuses, and that's what we're going to look at next week is, is when we offer excuses, you know, God doesn't hear them, doesn't want to hear them, and a lot of times God will remove those things that we're trying to offer as excuses as well, but that's next week. But, I mean, Jeremiah is, is not enjoying his call here. Again, yeah, he, he's banned from preaching in the temple. You know, no other prophet up until this point, no other pro man that is so faithful to God, that loves God, that is doing what God wants him to do, is banned from preaching in the temple. People didn't want to hear it. People didn't realize, people realized, you know, that they, they didn't want to hear this type of message. They didn't want to hear that they needed to get their lives right with God. They wanted to hear how much God loved them and how much God was, was a warm, fuzzy feeling. They didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. And regardless of how faithful you are to God, regardless of how close your walk is with Him, regardless of how much you lean upon Him, that has to be disheartening when you're banned from preaching in the temple. But He stayed faithful. Jeremiah's family wanted to kill him. Jeremiah's messages were, were so disgusted by the nation there that even his, his family decided he, that they wanted to get rid of him. Let's kill him. But Jeremiah knew that God had called him to preach. 
Jeremiah knew that God had a, had a call, a specific call on his life. And Jeremiah was going to be faithful regardless of the cost. We all have unique callings on our life. You know, God has a task, a unique task for each and every one of us. Over in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Paul goes through here in these verses and lists some of the unique gifts that God gives to, to his children. That's not an exhaustive list, and that's not a complete list, but he goes through and lists some of the, the gifts that God gives and the callings that he has on our lives. But he's saying there that, that regardless of how long or short that list is, each and every one of them has a purpose. We've, you know, Paul lists several of them there, and he says, you know, our works or our service or using our gifts is for the building up of Christ. Paul says that, you know, for what God, that unique call that God has had upon your life isn't for yourself, it isn't for your own glory, but it's for the building up of the body of Christ, it's for the building up of the church. Without Jeremiah proclaiming the word of God, the people wouldn't have knew what God, what, what God expected of them. And as hard as it was for them to hear it, as, as hard as a word as it was for Jeremiah to, to bring, Jeremiah had to use his unique gift to bring the, to build up the body of God. Use your gifts so that the body of Christ will be built up. Paul tells us there to, to use our unique gifts in verse number 12, until, until we all attain the unity of faith. Paul says, until there's a unity of faith in the believers of, of Christ, you keep using your gift, you keep using your, your specific talents. He says using, uh, using our gifts is not a one-time thing. He says to keep using, you know, keep preaching, keep encouraging, keep singing, keep teaching until, again, he said, until there's a unity in the spirit. Paul says there in verse number 13 that using our gifts shows that we are a mature Christian. Using our gifts, using answering the unique call that God has on our life is showing to God, is proving that we are a mature Christian. Realizing what God has entrusted to us, realizing our abilities are a gift from God, and using them to build up the body of Christ, being faithful to what he has called us to do. We're to use them for his glory. Are you using your unique gifts? Are you making the most of the unique assignment that God has upon your life? The body of Christ, as Paul puts there, is dependent upon us using the gifts that he's given to us. Second thing I want to look at this morning is we all have a, a we each have a unique background. We each have a unique background. Verse number one, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priest who were, who were in Anath in the land of Benjamin. Jeremiah's background was unique from, from any other prophet. Jeremiah was the son of Hilkiah, which means that he was a, a descendant of Abathar, which Abathar was the high priest during David's day. So Jeremiah comes from a long line of godly men. Jeremiah comes from a, a God-fearing family. His father, no doubt, trained him how to 
properly in, in, in interpret scripture. His, fa his father, no doubt, and his grandfather and great-grandfather, no doubt, showed him the importance of worship, the importance of, of gathering together as a family, the importance of, of coming to God and singing the, the, the psalms to him. It, he was no doubt taught the importance of being faithful to God as a child, and that's carried on through, throughout his youth here. You know, Jeremiah, being from a, a godly family, shows that he was taught respect for God's word. Anath was a, a small rural t town in the countryside. Being from a rural area, he no doubt learned a, a lot of lessons from nature. Saw God working throughout creation there and seeing what God had done. He lived in the tribe of Benjamin, which means that he would have heard the messages of, of Amos and Hosea. The little town of Anath was about five miles from Jerusalem, so he knew what the mood of the nation was day in and day out. He was able to keep abreast of the world news and, and current events. He was able to keep up with, with what was going on in the temple. And all of this prepared Jeremiah for his calling. All of this prepared Jeremiah for what God expected him to be able to, to accomplish in his life. You know, we all have unique callings and backgrounds. And I grew up on a, on a dairy farm. I'd never fit in downtown Charlotte. Went to a rural elementary school. Grew up the son of a deacon and church pianist, grandson of a Baptist minister. And it's because of those, that, that unique background that equips me to do what God has called me to do. And we could sit here this morning and go pew by pew, head by head, and do the same thing. We could sit here and look at each and every one of our backgrounds, each and every one of how, what we've been through in life, and see how that has, how God has used that to prepare us for his service and to bring glory and honor to him. All of our backgrounds may have some similarities, but they're all unique. God has prepared you through what you've been through in life to serve him. Some of you grew up in godly homes. Some of you may grew up in abusive. Some of you grew up in, in nice neighborhoods. Some on the other side of the tracks. Some of you have battled diseases lost loved ones, lost jobs, lost families. Some have led a very, very blessed life. But whatever your unique background is, whatever God has brought you through in life, God has used that to prepare you to be able to serve him. Don't ever compare your background to somebody else's. Because anytime we compare our background to somebody else's, anytime we compare what we've been through in life to somebody else's, Satan will always say, well, you... You went through this. They didn't have to go through that. Or look at the, the, the training that they have. Look at the talents that they have. And Satan will always convince us that we come up short. But your life experience is God has, has used to prepare you to accomplish the task that he has out before you. Last thing I want to look at this morning is that we have, each have a unique domain. We each have a unique domain. Verses 2 and 3. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. And it, also, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the exile of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Jeremiah is preaching during a critical time in Judah's history. His ministry takes place from 627 B.C. to 586 B.C. It's in a time that it, the nation goes through five different kings. 
We see back in 2 Kings that Jeremiah preached in a time that the Judah was in a state of spiritual decline. They were backsliding. They were walking away from God. They were worshiping idols. They didn't care about their relationship with God. God's people at this point have been conquered by two different empires. Morale in the country is low. Sin is rampant. But God has given Jeremiah this ministry at this time for a specific purpose. The nation needed to know what God was saying. Over in Esther chapter 4, verse number 14, the last half of it. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Esther was at the, in the king's palace at the time that God wanted her to be there to accomplish what God had put her there to do. To make a difference. Over in John chapter 19 verse number 28. After this Jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished. And in order that scripture might be fulfilled. Said I'm thirsty. Jesus was on the cross at the time he was supposed to be at the cross. He was on the cross in the place that he was supposed to be in the cross. To be able to accomplish the father's will. God has put you in this time. In this place. To accomplish an assigned task. Your unique place and your unique time. Your unique background has prepared you for what God has called you to do. Are you being faithful? Again, Jeremiah is preaching and as a, as a harder time as anybody could, could possibly face. Family doesn't want him. Matter of fact, they want him dead. Temple said, don't bring that message back in here. Keep it outside. Keep it on the street somewhere else. The nation didn't want to hear that they needed to repent. But he stayed faithful to the call that God had on his life. Are you staying faithful to what God would have you to do? Are you staying faithful to, to the gifts, the abilities, the talents that God has given to you? Are you staying faithful to, to what God has, has impressed upon you and said, this, this is what I want you to do. This is your ministry. This is your mission field. If not, maybe it's time to come this morning and say, Lord, convict me. Lord, give me a heart of Jeremiah to stand faithful, even when I feel like I'm standing alone. Even when there's opposition, help me to stand for you. Let's stand and sing hymn number 554.